There you go, Kenny. Good morning. Um, welcome to Keologus Crack, everyone. Um, kicked in the show off there with uh, some cranberries. Uh, it was the first song you heard, and 21. Good Limerick band there. We'll have a bit of a Limerick team later on today in a couple of different ways. And Ken, the Duggan brothers, you might know a little bit about those lads, Cracklin' Rosie. You know them boys. Yeah. 
Yeah, that uh, I mean, I wasn't around for that particular date now, Mark. I came a couple of <laughs> years later, but those lads played for my parents' wedding. So, uh, oh boy, yeah, he pulled out all the stops there. I think Roser, you know, getting the high flying uh, Duggan brothers there. Well, hopefully, there was some uh, flying around the kitchen going on there a little while ago when that song came on, and um, and of course, a segue into uh, a song that we have over the years played many times, uh, and this rendition of it too. Nancy Griffith and from Claire to here and of course we play that Ken um, and wish a um, unfortunately he's not with us anymore but we um, I guess we uh, it's in the memory of Eamon O'Loughlin's birthday uh, of course uh, in this time in the pride of in this time in County Clare and the man who started this radio show um, we remember Eamon of course with from Clare to here no more famous Clare song in the world, I would say, that ever came out of Clare than that particular one, I would say. What do you think? Uh, probably, yeah. There's been some stellar ones, of course, but uh, I know that that was a particular favourite and that rendition was a, a particular favourite of Eamon's and uh, probably appropriate there. We were playing golf on together yeah. on uh, the day of his birthday there, uh, 7th of September. So. No Eamon O'Loughlin uh, tournament this year, obviously, uh, with the COVID, but... Uh, we uh, we had a few straight ones for him uh, last week, Mark. We did, they did. Anyway, we we, uh, we remember him, and of course, there was lots of great memories going out through uh, social media um, this week from uh, friends and family. So uh, lovely to see, lovely to see. All right, pal. Well, listen, uh, the Premiership kicked back off this morning, and uh, our man from Tullow in uh, Carlow is going to be pretty happy with this morning's results, as, as will Michael Keane down there at the Galway Arms. I'm sure he's high-fiving everyone there. He might have the free pints flowing if you... Today would be a good day to go down there now. I'd say he might be in a pretty good mood. And uh, I, I also wanted to let you know as well, Ken, that um, the Galway Arms are showing all of the Premiership games um, this year. Uh, so get down there, mm-hmm. and they're serving the big Irish breakfast with it as well. So... Um, Maybe that'll uh, get some mouths watering there and uh, they'll get down and watch a little bit of soccer and uh, a good feed. Excellent. That's great news. Well done uh, to the folks at the, at the Galway Arms. Yeah, and 3-0 over Fulham for Arsenal. Big game, big old rivalry coming up at half 12. Liverpool leads. Uh, so that should be good. The uh, The winners of the championship take on the Premier League uh, winners. So... What ah. a way to kick off the season. Brilliant. And of course, Leeds has always had a good Irish connection as well, Kenny, correct? Oh, it certainly does, yeah. Massive, yeah. You have the likes of David O'Leary and, uh, of course, Johnny Giles. That's probably right. one of the, the first over there, tough midfielder. And uh, I, I heard him interviewed during the week. Great, uh, he's great fond memories, obviously, have been there. And uh, they were a tough team back then. They didn't like United or Liverpool very much. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that will last in the in the fans' memories. But uh, Robbie Keane, I think, played there as well, maybe. He did indeed. Um, yeah, yeah. Good memory. Very good. So, but lots, yeah, definitely lots of uh, Irish connection. Would be a load of Leeds fans in Ireland. So it'll be uh, it be good for all of those folks. Uh, I'm, I'm friends with a couple of people from Leeds out here as well, and uh, with the smile now, you couldn't wipe it off off their faces <laughs> when when they got back up to the Premier League. The only disappointment is that uh, that they can't get back. To, uh, to see them live. So yeah. who knows what 2021 will bring, but uh, let's hope that uh, the season at least uh, continues on and we get through the old COVID thing. Yeah, brilliant. Now, we keep um, an eye on any other sports, Kenny? Yeah, well, just sticking maybe with the uh, with 
with the soccer for a second, the, the League of Ireland, there's a there's a big game going on down in Cork right now. Cork City are losing to the league leader, Shamrock Rovers, 2-0. It's in the 56th minute. And uh, Bowes kind of blew it last night. They had a chance to close the gap a bit on, on Shamrock uh, Rovers, but uh, Waterford came out on top. Uh, they beat them 2-0. And um, later on at noon, St. Patrick's Athletic will play Sligo over. So Sligo travelling up to Dublin for that game. It's a big game for them. And Finn Harps and Derry will go and play tomorrow. And Dundalk uh, won last night as well. Uh, they won 3-2. So, um, yeah, things are uh, nice and tight up there at the top. They beat, uh, sorry, Dundalk beat Shelburne last night. Brilliant. And your lads are doing all right now. They're after digging a few old victories out. They are, yeah. They're a fifth of the table, but I mean, it's very tight there, right? So um, who knows what will actually happen um, right. because there's, there's only a few points kind of separating everybody. But uh, on other news, um, we have, of course, the Pro 14 final is today. Leinster and Ulster yeah. are talking uh, to the Aviva at about half two our time. And it might uh, surprise a few, but Gary Ringrose will uh, captain Leinster for the first time, uh, with Sexton resting a little bit for uh, the Champions Cup game next week against Saracens, which will also take place in Dublin. So he'll probably be introduced a little later into the game. And another uh, surprise on the Ulster side is Ian Henderson is back for Ulster, and he's going to captain the side. It's his first start since the return and uh, he wasn't expected back till October after suffering a, a hip injury there. Um, and another little bit of a surprise for Ulster is John Cooney has been dropped to the bench with uh, a former Munster man, Albie Matheson, uh, picked at scrum half there instead of Cooney. So maybe Ulster got a few things up their sleeves mm-hmm. for uh, introducing a few players later on. And, and I guess, you know, with the heroics of last week by Ian Madigan, um, coming on and, and kicking a few very important points there for Ulster. He's also on the bench, so it will be interesting to see how uh, the strategy plays out there. Um, in the golf, Marco, I don't know if you, I'm sure you were following, but the yeah. Austin man, Mr. Lowry, and the Waterford, Waterford man, Mr. Power, missed the cut in California. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't really get anything going there yesterday. They showed quite a bit of him here on, on TV, which is which is good. Um, nothing too wrong with the swing. He could he just couldn't get any putts to drop for him. So anyway, he'll um, he'll lick his wounds now and move on. And there's another major just around the corner here. So um, uh, hopefully he can get some early practicing for that one. Yeah, the uh, the U.S. Open, I guess, right is the follow is next weekend. So we look forward to that. And speaking of majors, the uh, the ladies uh, major is on there also in California, and we have a few uh, few women from Ireland involved in that. Um, Antrim Antrim woman Stephanie Meadow, she's uh, she's in seventeenth right now after the second round. So uh, hopefully uh, she keeps going well. They're out there in Mission Hill. They're feeling the heat of those uh, those fires that are going on. Um, and, of course, there's also Cavan's uh, Leona Maguire and yep. Down's Olivia Mahaffey. They're, they both made the cut. Brilliant. Yeah, three women that were very interested in following, obviously, at the, uh, the LPGA major there. Good stuff, yeah. Well, listen, and, we, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go on. No, go ahead, because uh, I, I, I was going to talk a little bit about uh, who we have coming on the show. So you're still on the sports Ooh. team. Oh, go on ahead. Tell us who's coming on. 
Who's who's going to be on? What's the crack today? Well, we've got at the bottom of the hour here. We've got. Um, I don't know if we've ever uh, gone through a Zoom call with multiple people, but we're going to give it a lash today. It's got some great people coming on. We've got uh, former chair of the Canadian board, uh, Brian Farmer, Sean Hart, the current chair of the Canadian board. Um, Billy Miller is going to join us as well. Uh, Billy uh, uh, has won an All-Ireland Under-21 medal with Antrim, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about this uh, uh, this big event that happened in 1990 and 1991. It's the 30th anniversary of the Skydome Games as well, of course, and um, I'm going to kind of connect the dots on that a little bit later on. And then um, uh, and, uh, Tyrone uh, inter-county player and uh, all-star Damien O'Hagan is going to join us as well. And Jerry Milan is going to call in. Uh, so we have a couple of players. We have the coach. We have a couple of managers to talk about, uh, or a couple of organizers to talk about a big event where Cole Island Fina came to visit Toronto. And then we reciprocated and went back and played them in uh, Cole Island in Tyrone as well. So I want to talk a little bit about some of those memories. There were some great stories from that trip. Um, and um, I'm delighted to, that the lads could join us. And then Ken uh, Solace House, uh, Diane Flanagan will be joining us as well to talk about this brilliant initiative that they have going uh, in in October as well. So I look forward to chatting to her a little bit about that. Yes, indeed. And I know Diane has been busy this week. The uh, National uh, Suicide Day was Thursday, so she'll probably chat to us a bit about uh, what was going on there. Um, she had a, She had a busy week for sure. And go the distance. We look forward to that. I believe it's on October the fourth, but we'll we'll fill in those blanks obviously when we uh, when we chat with Diane. And uh, I just did want to touch on another wee bit of sport. There we had uh, some athletics been run over there in um, Slovakia last evening. Yep. And Irish Olympian Thomas Bart, Waterford man, um, he returned to competitive track field, track and field, and uh, he came in in a nice third place in the four hundred hurdles. So uh, it's been a while since Thomas uh, has been out there. And also on the ladies' side, Nadia Power from Dublin won bronze. Um, uh, so uh, fair play to her uh, in Slovakia as well. She was uh, a bronze winner in the European under-23s, you might remember. And uh, she just ran her, her second best time there last night in the 800 metres. So fair play to them. And, of course, Sam Bennett, Mark. Yes, uh, great story. Fabulous story. The man from Carrick and Shore and uh, got the green jersey. I, I, I must have had a prediction because when you and I were talking, I thought he had already won it. And uh, it turned out he didn't. He, he got pipped at the end. But then about two days later, he picked up the green jersey. So fabulous. First time since 1989, I believe. Wow. For an Irishman to, uh, to get that. So another little tie-in with your, with your kind of your 30 years or so. Yeah. Uh, that morning here. There must be great water down in Carrick on shore there, uh, Ken. Isn't that Sean, be, Mark. Sean yeah. Kelly's home yeah. turf as well? That's exactly right, yeah. And he uh, he's part of the Sean Kelly team, I believe, or at least was anyway, at one time. So fair play to him. And the last thing for me here is a little shout out. My uh, my goddaughter is making her confirmation there in Sligo uh, today. So good luck to Megan over there. She she'll be missing the show today, obviously, because they're, <laughs> they're in the church now. But uh, we'll be thinking of her there. All right, very good. Well, listen, we'll play an old tune here, and um, as I said, in about eight minutes, the lads will all start to call in here. So I might play uh, a couple of tunes here to uh, to bridge us to that. Um, but uh, we heard from our good friend there, Bobby O'Donovan, recently, uh, Ken, 
and uh, he wanted uh, many, uh, I think it was around the end of June, we played this song, uh, Emigrant, Ayers, uh, uh, Emigrant Eyes by uh, Fire in the Kitchen. And uh, he wanted to play this song as a request for uh, Kathy Grace, who's, li- who's um, listening in there up in Brampton. So I'll play this little tune here, Kenny, and then uh, maybe another one after that. And um, hopefully we can have a, a chat with the lads, if that makes sense. Are we good? Sounds good, Mark. All right, Pat, here we go. Silent was swarming like a scene from a costume ball, decked out in the colors of Europe, on fire with the hope of it all. There, my father's own father stood huddled with the tired. The hungry and scared Torn of the century pilgrims They were bound by the dreams that they shared Sometimes when I look In my grandfather's emigrant eyes I see that day reflected And I can't hold my feelings inside I see starting with nothing Working hard all of his life Don't take it for granted Say grandfather's emigrant They were standing in lines just like cattle Torn, sorted and shoved Some were one step away from sweet freedom Some were torn from someone they loved To the sprawling tower of Babel Came a young man confused and alone Determined and bound for America He was carrying everything that he owned Sometimes when I look in my grandfather's emigrant eyes I see that day reflected I can't hold my feelings inside I see starting with nothing Working hard all of his life Don't take it for granted Say grandfather's emigrant
Money stares out the window But those eyes are still just as clear As the day that he sailed through that harbour Came ashore on the island of tears Grandfather's days are numbered But I won't let his memory die He gave me the gift of this country And the look in these emigrant eyes Sometimes when I look in my grandfather's emigrant eyes I see that day reflected Can't hold my feelings inside I see starting with nothing Working hard all of his life Don't take it for granted Say grandfather's emigrant eyes I don't take it for granted Say grandfather's emigrant Best of all, she tells them all she's happy 
Kenny, what do you make of that one there? That was um, the Saw Doctors and uh, Hay Rap. And there's, uh, there's, some, there's some method to me madness playing that song there now. That was the number one tune in September of 1991. And believe it or not, the Saw Doctors were also number one with I Used to Love Her in September of 1990. Because we're going to be talking a little bit about those two particular years and uh, of course, on the line now we've got oh, we've got a big pile of people here. This could be a you know what show, Kenny, if we're not careful. And all of these lads had the gall to turn on their videos too on a Zoom call. The, the listeners can't see you, lads, but we can. Jesus is here after getting fierce old. I have to say, I turned off mine anyway. So listen, uh, Kenny, are you still there? Oh, I am indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah listen, yeah. you you might go and get a cup of tea or something for yourself now because we're going to do some savage GA banter here. And reflect on an event that you wouldn't have known a lot about. But hang in there now. You might learn something from this. But uh, as you know, in 1990, Ken, the Sky Dome in Toronto was the venue for Gaelic Games for the first time ever. And uh, Dublin and Tyrone played football at the Sky Dome. And at the same time, um, the uh, Hurlers also came over. Tipperary, in this particular case, they played an all-star team. And a lot of the folks that are involved in that event, both players and organisers, are joining us on Kjol August Crack this morning, including, and we're honoured, that uh, Tyrone County player from back then, uh, Damien O'Hagan, also joins us on the line. But let's do some introductions here. I want to make sure. Now, Brian Farmer did say that he would attend, but is Brian on the line, or did he not make it? He might be He might be taking an important putt or something like that. Are you there, Brian? Yeah, 
He is not. He let us down. He's he's, he's there. He's there. But I just uh, maybe he's on. Uh, oh, he's on mute. He's he is there. taking the point. Well, we'll we're at, we'll we'll move on anyway. Uh, Sean Hart, the current chair of the Canadian board. Sean, can we hear you loud and clear? I think so, Mark. Uh, thanks for the invite. Looking forward to the next half hour or so. Ah, brilliant. Uh, long-time player and coach in Toronto. Uh, he coached me for many years at the Toronto Gales. Also uh, has uh, has an, an All-Ireland Under-21 medal. He might be the only one on the line with that, but I might be wrong. But uh, good morning. Billy Miller joins us as well. How are you, Billy? Good morning. Thank you for the invite. Uh, ah, yeah, brilliant. Well done. Uh, now resident in Limerick, I think he's calling in from Clare this morning, former Toronto Gales player. Uh, he also threw on the Limerick jersey when he left Toronto many, many years ago. Uh, a fella I'm glad to call my friend joins us. Uh, good morning, Ger Milan. Are you in Kilkee today, Ger? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, good morning, Mark and, and lads. We've just had a, a, a great old chat there for the last few minutes. I'm in Kilkee, yeah, just out of the Atlantic Ocean there about half an hour ago. Perfect. And last, but by no means least, um, I'd like to welcome Damien O'Hagan, uh, former Tyrone Intercounty player and uh, three-time Ulster medalist. Uh, Damien, great to see your face again. Welcome to Keologus Crack, and thanks for doing this. Thanks a million, Mark. Uh, thanks for the for the invite. Uh, great to get talking. And um, it's interesting that Jeremy uh, Lamb's your friend, but obviously he never marked it full back. <laughs> he did not, but uh, he gave me a few wallops at training. So try and train with him. Well, listen, um, we're, we're not necessarily... Did Brian actually end up joining us? I'll just check one more time. All right. Mark, he's, he is here, but uh, I, I just sent him a message here to see what it, what's wrong with his volume. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, listen, we're not necessarily here to talk about the Skydome games, but um, I had a question for for, uh, for Brian, but what I'll do is maybe pass it over to Sean because he's perfectly capable capable of, of answering this question. Um but um, I, I just wanted to understand a little bit because it was actually later in 1990 that Coal Island Fianna sent a team over, um, obviously from Tyrone to play in Toronto. But Sean, would I be writing saying that the relationships that were built at the Skydome Games were a catalyst for, for that particular trip that happened later in the year? It was it relationships that were built. Uh, Damien obviously spotted something uh, over here that he really liked and took a message back. But am I right in assuming that that was the case? Oh, there's there's no there's no doubt about that, Mark. I, I think you know the, the Skydome Games. We always we'll always remember them. You know, with thirty five thousand people there, Tyrone and Dublin. Damien was a big part of the Tyrone team at that particular time, and I suppose uh, Damien got a taste for what uh, Toronto was all about with the you know the local GA and the hospitality and that, and so it emanated from there. And I think uh, Damien can fill us in, and Brian could on this, but I think a conversation uh, followed sometime thereafter where. Island were planning a trip away anyway, apparently to Spain. And Brian Farmer had mentioned to Damien, "Why not come to Toronto? You'll get a damn good holiday, and you'll and you'll get a game of football." And that was to the best of my knowledge. That's how the Coal Island uh, trip of September nineteen and ninety uh, evolved. So, Damien, uh, something uh, just to follow on that something prompted you, in no uncertain terms, to to go back to your committee and your players to sell the notion of a trip. And of course, all of this was happening as Coal Island had just won their, um, had just won the county uh, title in '89, and were probably staring down a two in a row. And here, here you are planning a little trip back to Toronto. But did you go back and sell this to uh, to the committee, to the town, to the players? 
Yeah, well, we went back. We were suggesting the trip because we'd won the championship and it had been a while since we'd won the championship. And then, uh, and, and at that time, we had a good side and we were fancying ourselves for another one. So it was a sort of plan that if we could win the championship again, uh, that we would definitely uh, be heading on a trip. And then whenever Brian, I met Brian, and I think it was maybe in the Moy or somewhere like that, or I met him at some game. And they uh, had been telling him this story, and uh, the rest is history because then it just grew legs. I went back to Cole Island, and uh, God of mercy, and a great friend of mine, Barry Cullen, uh, he was part of our management setup and was a great organizer. And uh, so Barry and Brian and Sean and uh, different lads from the town started to plan this trip. And uh, in Cole Island at that stage, uh, at one stage, I think there was two bus loads went and uh, <laughs> They're still talking about it today. It was a fantastic trip. And having been back in the Sky Dome um, uh, in March uh, or April or whatever it was, whenever Tyrone played Dublin in the Sky Dome, and the thrill of playing in the Sky Dome was, was unreal for GA players to play in such a stadium. And then not only a stadium that had the roof that would uh, open up and you could play in the uh, with the roof over your head or, or open, was uh, sure it was unheard of for anybody back here in Ireland. Yeah, it it, it surely was, and uh, I, I sensationalized the game that we played against uh, against uh, Coal Island in September on social media. I sensationalized it as the greatest game of football ever played on Canadian soil. But listen, I might have overstated because I had forgotten that the Gaelic games had been played that same year. But maybe it still was the best game that was ever played. Hey, Sean, a, a quick question for you, uh, you know, just in terms of uh, your role in the Canadian board right now. And um, and just you, you refereed that Coal Island game that was played in, in Toronto. You refereed it well, actually. So well, well done. I don't know if you got any medals for that. But maybe contextualize a little bit the significance of, of the Coal Island visit here and then the return trip, just in terms of how it elevated the profile of, of Gaelic football in Canada to a degree. I think, uh, Mark, the most difficult part was that, you know, um, Billy and Brian, Cormac O'Murray and myself, we were generally around the the uh, the training of the, the team here in Toronto. You know, I'd refereed all of the, the team practices and preparation for the Colleen game. And then uh, refereeing the game itself, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the easiest task, but, you know, you have to leave your... your uh, your club uh, aside when, when, when you're refereeing. And I thought that the game was magnificent. I, I would agree with you, Mark, that it was probably the best club game that has ever been played here in Toronto. The Toronto team was magnificent uh, on, on the day, playing a, a very experienced Collider team. And I think, you know, when we go back and, and look at that there, that there game, you know, we lost by two points. Uh, but, you know, we gave up two penalties and that was six points right there. But a funny little story about the penalties was, and you sort of remember, our, our goalkeeper was the, the one and only Paul Brady from Dublin. And when I gave the first penalty, uh, uh, Martin Early was placing the ball and Paul came out and he says to him, one hasn't gone by me all year. <laughs> Martin Early looked at him and he says, I haven't missed a penalty in three years. And with that, he hit the top right-hand corner of the net with a rocket shot. It was <laughs> one, of the fun, one of the fun parts of it all. But look, the, the game was brilliant. The, the, the social part of it was just as good afterwards. And I remember in the dressing room, Damien coming in and saying, if there was no reason why the Toronto team couldn't reciprocate and be in, in Colleen the following year. And indeed, with, with the great work of Cormac O'Murray driving the, uh, the fundraising, it came to pass. Yeah, and of course, 
that game played in Toronto in September of 1990 and then our return trip while the whole trip really centered around the game in Coal Island that was the um, that was really the reason for going back we also played games uh, against uh, St. Pat's in Dublin uh, a West Cork selection in a place called Newcestown down in West Cork and then we also went up to uh, after the Coal Island game went up to Belfast and uh, played against St. Paul's up there um, good segue here to bring in the man from Belfast himself Billy Billy, you had the task back then for both of those occasions, if you will, of of trying to handpick a Toronto Select team uh, from the various teams here uh, for both uh, the 1990 game and the trip to Ireland to play those four games. What do you remember about the process? And, um, you know, I, I tried to do a bit of coaching myself recently and trying to manage the personalities and, and control uh, lads from the age of 19 to uh, to 33 uh, it's not an easy thing to do. And of course, someone had to be on the outside looking in. But what do you remember about the process of making the selection of the players back then? Um, you know, you yourself were, were coaching the Toronto Gales at the time. So you obviously had to be careful not to show too much favouritism. Well, there was, first of all, there was plenty of talent growing back then. There was flying high. The GA was flying high. And I just want to say one thing before I answer your question, but... Sean himself, uh, like yourself and Jerry, have represented Toronto on many occasions uh, against visiting teams. But there's two games, and we get a bit of a shiver up my back talking about this. There's two games when you're finished playing football, and I was actually envious, even though we were in the middle of this thing because we were managing and coaching these games. But there was two games I was envious that I could not partake in any of those games because there are two games in Toronto and Coal Island that I would have loved to have played and the intensity was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And Coal Island, what a fantastic see we give ourselves a bit of credit here, but what a fantastic team Coal Island had. And for us to be so close to them with a bunch of lads, immigrants out in Canada, we probably were a little bit on the radar. But as far as the preparation going, I think maybe some of the players, including Jerry and yourself, maybe thought I was a bit mad because I had just run up and down those hills and at a Tobico Centennial and running around the track. Not too much in drills, because I'm not into drills. If you can't handle the ball at that age, you may as well forget about it. But I wanted a, the preparation to show agree, but we needed we needed stamina. Because not only were we coming up to play Cole Island, but we had a couple of games in the lead up to that. So I wanted to build up a good degree of stamina. The skill I had no doubt about, and the enthusiasm I had no doubt about, and the heart I had no doubt about. But we needed to make sure... Because we weren't together all the time, remember, we were all over Ireland together. We were all over Ireland at different points, and Ed would get together. So we had to, the training was very important, and the camaraderie was there. The camaraderie was there, which any team needs. We had we had a great bunch of footballers and a couple of rascals thrown in, which is the ingredients of any good team. But everybody stuck together, and that was that, that was the, the important part of uh, preparing the team, was keeping the boys tight and keeping them together, and obviously keeping them fit. Brilliant. And uh, we'll go down to uh, our friend in Limerick here. Jerry, you were probably only 21 or 22, I'm guessing, here. And, uh, of course, uh, someone at some stage told you, listen, we're going to be slotting you in to full back, and you're going to be marking this fella. His name is Damien O'Hagan. Of course, he was no he was no stranger to us. He was, at the time, in no uncertain terms, probably the most prolific forward in the country. Um, what's your recollection of uh, the emotion when you found out you were going to be doing that, number one? And, of course, as Billy said, we had some great players in that team as well, but talk about the, the man-to-man task that you had there. 
Um, I, 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 to, to answer the question, I think um, I was told, I think before the game, just before the game, that I was um, I was going to be playing fullback and marking um, that gentleman, Damien. And um, very appropriate that Billy finished um, his few words there with the term, um, we had a great team, but there was a couple of rascals also. And I think I might have, I might fall into the ladder, the ladder of the, the rascal. But um, yeah, it was uh, what, what a super occasion, and Grace, and 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 uh, you know, I mean, uh, I, I I don't think I was I was put on to to, to Damien um, and for my footballing skills. I think I was in there to uh, as as a wise man once said to break the play up a small bit, but. Um, um, uh, uh, Damien could give it, but by God, could he, could he take it as well? He was um, a super chap to play against, uh, very, very standard up and straight, very, very tough, brilliant footballer, probably the best footballer I've ever marked. And uh, sorry, maybe maybe I rephrase that. Tried to mark, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so, super memories. But what I will say though is that we 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 had a. Um, we had a super football team, and, and Billy alluded to it. I mean, every nine that we had 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 intercounty standard, um, definitely. Uh, uh, even the the team that um, we we brought to Ireland, we we had a we, we had a super football team. Uh, we had a, we had a couple of lads from from Tyrone there. I remember uh, Danny Barr, uh, Gary McConville. Danny Barr went on to win um, uh, uh, an under-21 All-Ireland medal with Tyrone. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was at it. There was a friend. They beat Limerick in the final. And um, uh, Liam Cairns managed Limerick, who's a, a friend of mine. I, I think Cormac McAnallen actually um, uh, um, captained that uh, Tyrone under-21 team. But, but but getting back, we, we had a very, very good football team. And so we were beaten in Toronto by two points. And uh, we were beaten in Coal Island after extra time, but but absolutely fabulous memories of the um, of, of of both games and um, standout memories in my sporting career, definitely. Brilliant. Billy had talked a little bit. Um, uh, Damien had talked a little bit about intensity, and after all these years, one of the things that I've often wondered um, about your dressing room uh, at that particular time. Is, is what your mindset was uh, with that game. You know, so you've clearly played in much bigger games. You had played uh, a, a couple of uh, um, county finals, obviously. But um, what would you say was kind of the prevailing uh, mindset of the players? Or, or how, how did you kind of frame the game to get them into that game? Was it, lads, these lads are coming over here from Canada. They think they're great. Um, you know, we only beat them by two points in Toronto. Let's put them to the sword. Let's show them how football is really played. Uh, how did like what was that the mindset in your room or how? Because there was no doubt that there was intensity to the game, as Billy said. But but how how did that come about? Was what 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 drove what drove the players that day to to really elevate the game because they clearly they clearly did. Yeah, well, I go back to the first game in Toronto and. I, 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 the Colleen team would have arrived being county champions. We would have had a bit of a thing about ourselves. We would have a bit of a, I suppose a few of us had heads on us thinking we were great fellas and, you know, this is a Toronto select here, just take the field. So uh, I'm, I'm only realising now uh, how much effort uh, 
Toronto had put into it because they were a magnificent side because the first 20 minutes of the game are up on the half-time in Toronto. You know, we didn't know what had hit us. There was this storm had come at us and we were just blown apart. And uh, the big thing for, for me in that game was uh, their hunger for success and the intensity that they played it and uh, you know how they tackled and how they played was ended. I hadn't seen anything even like it at home because and this was a team uh, I had played with a team in Cork and it was a divisional side and I, I only I can see the great job that Billy and Sean and the boys did with that team to get them all together and get them all playing off the wooden hymn sheet so you know having got out of Toronto and by the by the way, we still have this massive trophy in our trophy cabinet from <laughs> Toronto, uh, which uh, I'm not rubbing it in there. But every time I look at it, whenever I walk into the club rooms, it bring it raises the hairs on the back of my neck <laughs> uh, because it was a sensational day, a great game of football, and for us to get out with the win, I know how lucky we were. And uh, uh, I don't know if I've, anybody ever said to Sean uh, being the referee that probably weren't penalties at all but anyway it's the two penalties that he missed you know that we're arguing about but anyway <laughs> so going back to Cole Island uh, Toronto come in and the preparation for that game even though it finished up it went to extra time and all the preparation probably for us in that game was even uh, we were better prepared and so it shows you how good Toronto were because we were on the crest of a wave we, we were playing great football and we knew what Toronto was coming this time with. You know what I mean? They had we they had surprised us in Toronto, but whenever they come to Kalilin, we had prepared and you know, without uh, saying any foul language or anything, uh, it was more or less put through Brenton Hempshire, our manager, and the management team. You know, we're not letting these Toronto boys come here to beat us in our own home ground. And that game that day was fantastic as well. You know, but. It was sensational the first day in Toronto because uh, Toronto blew us apart in that first half that we didn't know what had hit us and it it took a lot of us to waken up uh, to get over the line that day. You know, I remember um, one of the fondest memories that I have of the Cull Island game, um, apart from the game itself, and, and Billy talked about the envy of not playing in that. But um, our listeners have got a bit of a kick out this uh, out of this that that when we when we got there. Um, we all paired up and we went for dinner at the various players' houses. I don't know if you remember this, Damien. I, I remember it vividly. And myself and, and Ger on the line, we actually went to, I believe he was the full back at the time, and we had dinner with his family. Um, I, I would say, is, is that the Coal Island way? I mean, does that community just revolve around the GAA? And, uh, of course, we got the front pews at Mass as well, Damien. The next day, we had... Uh, we had the best seats in the house, best view of the altar. We got communion before everyone else. We were treated like we we were treated like kings for sure. But um, is that the Cole Island way? Oh, the Cole Island way is a very friendly way. You know, uh, on the field, what happens is left on the field, and if it was the Cole Island fullback, it was Tony Quinn. Uh, it was, it was yeah, that's right. Your, your hospitality, and Tony went on to play with Tyrone for a few seasons after that, and was a great player. Uh, but uh, no, that's the Kalilan way, and, and mass is a big thing in Kalilan. And uh, now with COVID nineteen, uh, you're only allowed so many into the into the chapel. But uh, no, the Kalilan are very very friendly people, and it's very much centered around the GA, and even more so now with the ladies' football. There's, there's so many teams 
we still only have the one pitch. We've we've managed to get a second uh, training pitch, uh, and we have uh, AstroTurf pitches now as well. But uh, it is the Kalilan way, and and like you must remember, like Kalilan back in at that time and all, and for a Kalilan squad to go to Toronto and then have a Toronto select to come back to play in Kalilan, it was massive, massive here. It was such an honor not only to get to Toronto, but it was such an honor to to have Toronto come and play in Father Peter Gamble Park all those years ago. Uh, back to, to Sean, a question about, um, you know, the, that, the trip back, of course, we had the four games. Sean, what are some of the great memories that, that did you have about the, you're obviously from Tyrone, this had to spell, this had to, had to feel quite, you know, quite special for you, of course, but um, you know, what, what are some of the things that kind of stand out about that, that trip back in, in, in 91? Well, I think I think we'll we'll just take it around the horn here. And yeah. Mark, you know, we, we we arrived in Dublin, and as you will remember, Seamus Murray, the late Seamus Murray, Cormac's father, had arranged all of the Dublin trip. We had a magnificent game there in Palmerston as well, and you remember that we played at the Hospital Grounds, uh, 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 which was a wonderful a wonderful setting. But uh, the late Seamus had done everything in his power, and and we we left Dublin feeling really good about ourselves because we played very well. Against against the Palmerston against the Palmerston club, but so we have to recognise and remember the, the late Seamus for his for his efforts there. That's, mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. So we headed on down to to, to West Cork. You know, we, we stayed in Bandon in the Munster Arms, as you will remember. Uh, another really great game of football. I remember there was three of the county lads from, from Cork played that night against us, and you recall Danny Bard had really a magnificent game down there. That's where we also met Dick Hurley. Uh, the late Dick Hurley from Toronto, who who brought us to a local, remember the local pub that we attended. I can't remember the name of it, but again, we had a wonderful time there. I remember uh, in the hotel there was a, a wedding, and a few of our boys invaded the wedding, and uh, security was called, and Farmer stepped forward and he says, "Leave my boys alone, or I'll buy this place." And I thought that was a magnificent <laughs> and a bit of fun as well, you know, with, uh, when when the boys were getting out of hand. <laughs> Brian was there to stand up to them, but uh, so that that was it. So we had a few days off, you know, after the court game, and again a great experience and a great place. A lot of us had never been, you know, down around Bandon and places like the Monster Arms. There was mention made of 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 uh, you know the the significance of the Monster Arms in itself. It was it was amazing. So you know, a few days off and back up the road, and uh, we all arrived in Cookstown, I believe it was on the Friday, and it all emanated from there. We we start we had a a really great Friday night, uh, an excellent Saturday, and, and as, as somebody mentioned earlier, we had the the family atmosphere of, of going to. The, uh, I think Damien uh, and his wife Noel, myself, Cormac, and Angela actually ended up in Podge Quince Place that that particular Friday evening. Uh, but and it was a pretty intense dinner, I can tell you. I think Damien asked us to to loosen up a wee bit and enjoy ourselves. So that that's one of the things. But also. If we move forward to the Sunday morning, it was a really festive atmosphere around Colleen with a with the our club, you know, walking uh, down down to the church to, to mass, uh, arriving at the pitch to see all kinds of festivities and, and games and things for the children. But what was significant was the amount of families that uh, came out to watch the game, friends of our own, you know, from across the country. I'll always remember the late Tom Daly, Kevin's father. Kevin was one of our players at the time. Uh, an Ottawa representative, but I remember Tom Daly took the bus from Cork 
to Oma, and my brother picked them up in Oma and brought them to Kalilin. That will give you an idea of, of the following that we had and the people that we had. And on that same note, you know, we go back and we talk about uh, people like, like Henry Grimes, who was around that time, Mickey Hamill, Billy Gilroy, Dick Hurley, Tom Daly, Seamus O'Murray. The, these were all, and, and Barry Cullen and Kalilin, people that were really a big part of what we were, were doing within the GA in Toronto and, and were great followers and supporters of ours. And these people have all passed on and to the return of that stroke. But we remember them today mm-hmm. very fondly 30 years later. Yeah. I'm sensitive to time. Our Zoom will end in six and a half minutes here. So, uh, Billy, what about for yourself? Standout memories? If you could capture it in a minute there. I have to say to Damien that the, uh, the hospitality Mm-hmm. And Kalilin was, I can only say, overwhelming. Yeah. And personal. And I've been around a bit. And it's been on match in my travels. Like the set up the barbecue. And Damien passed that on. Like it's been a long time, but it doesn't seem like that long ago because it's, it's vivid in your memory. But I have never witnessed hospitality like in my life, you know. And as far as around the horn goes, you know, it's uh, quickly to Dublin. Never seen Cormac O'Moore play a better game in his life. <laughs> he was just above everybody else, and we had a lot of. There was a lot of good players on that pitch. Mm-hmm. He he rose above it, and I remember one at half time. I went out. He was getting into the boys, and he was like, "Boys, oh, so they were doing quite well." And I said, "Lads, we haven't scored in twelve minutes." And up she went. Cormac went up at it again. Moving down the court, this the setting where the Newcastle pitch was was like a postcard. Yeah. Right. And my biggest memory coming out of that game was Kevin Daly scoring that goal. And that lad come off. I've never seen a footballer as proud in my life. He come off. He he was crying, hugging me because he scored the goal that won the game. So it's, it's fantastic, you know. Uh, the whole the whole thing, the whole trip was just amazing. You know what I mean? I, I think Toronto boys have to give themselves credit. So they came up against some classy, classy players, yeah. and they held their own. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something, that, and that's why we're talking about it because it was. The best games that ever was ever played in Toronto, and it was the best game that the Toronto team ever played away from home. Right, so that's, well said. that's about it. You know? Well said, Billy. What about yourself, Jar? Um, it, it's hard to, to, to I suppose, to, to put it into a minute. But um, again, you and I spoke this morning, Mark. The hospitality in Coal Island was just fantastic. I remember in the clubhouse there talking to lads, all lads there about them, and it's a, a memory of mine. Um, uh, Greyhound racing, which was um, which was which which was a big thing up there, and um, the coaching for the for the for, for both games for the, the game in Toronto and for the trip over from from Billy. I mean, you have you have managers in your lifetime, and and Billy would be the standout um, manager for me in my lifetime. I'd I'd I I I ran through and did run through walls for him. Um, uh, uh, the trip to Ireland and. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, Sean mentioned a couple of lads there, um, Higgy, uh, uh, Billy Gilroy. Uh, these guys were on a trip with us, and my God, they were they were so funny. They were fantastic, and they visited Mark and Leash, and they visited me outside in Dirty Nellies, not too far from where I live. And if we had half an hour, the stories we could tell, and the car that they had, and it was just fantastic. But yeah, you have memories, sporting memories um, for your life, and I've I've done I've done a fair bit. And 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 that definitely is is the top memory that I have. Brilliant. 
Uh, Damien, thanks a lot for joining us. I'll give you the final word here uh, if you want and, and just uh, that, that whole occasion, if there was a particular standout memory for you. We've got about three minutes left in the call here. Uh, well, the standout memory for me is uh, having played in the Skydome, having met, met Sean and Brian Farmer and then to move on down and uh, play the lads in Toronto with Billy and Jer and all them. The camaraderie and the memories are absolutely fantastic. Absolutely great people. When I think of the big hotel that they put us up in, in Toronto and the Kalilin people getting off the bus going, wow, God, is this for real here, the hotel and the hospitality. It just blew our mind. When I think of the, the banquet and all, uh, some of us had never been in a banquet room like it. We thought it was the whole of Kalilin put into the one room. But uh, it's the camaraderie and the memories that we, we all love. And when I think of when I think of uh, and the jersey that Sean Stones up there, Martin Early, number 11. Uh, when I think of the great players, and the one thing Toronto must remember, that Kalilin team was based on a team that won five under-21 championships in a row. We're also beat in the Ulster Club failing without, uh, when Frankie Devlin and myself were, were injured. So the quality of the Kalilin team was fantastic. And, uh, you know, Toronto were, were, were really good and, and shook us big time, but... Uh, the memories are fantastic, and what can I say about these men here, Ger, Sean, Brian Farmer, and Billy, and other lads that uh, I don't remember. But when I think of the work that Barry Cullen and the lads put in in Kalilin, it was fantastic. It was a brilliant, wonderful yeah. occasion. Well, thanks a lot, uh, lads, and I, I don't want the Zoom call to cut us off, but it may. Uh, thanks a lot for participating to all of you. Uh, Billy, I get the envy of that game. I mean, I got the greatest memory I have wearing a GA jersey uh, was delivered to me through those two games. And uh, I want to thank all of you, including Damien, like Billy, Sean, Brian, and on behalf of all of the players, some of our Sean Day, uh, Kevin Daly's listening as well to the show. Uh, I'm not alone. You delivered some fantastic memories for us. So thank you very much. And thanks for doing this. It's been great to reminisce. You lads all take care of yourselves, all right? Thank you, Mark. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Cheers. Keep going lit. They call it the rising sun You know that it's been the wrong Of many a poor boy In God I know I'm one My mother, she was a tailor And she sold my new blue jeans You know my father, he was a gambling man Way down in New Orleans Now the only thing that a gambler needs Is a suitcase or a trunk In the only time that he is satisfied Is when he rolls home drunk
in New Orleans And they call it the rising sun You know that it's been the room of many poor boy In God, I know, I know I'm one Yes, good God, I know, I know, I know I'm one think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keene family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. 
The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook, and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home, and not too far from home, at 838 The Queen's way in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. Again. 
yeah there you go a little bit of christa berg and uh old friend 
and uh, was just uh, wonderful to uh, not just to reminisce, but to see some of those faces on the Zoom call. Uh, everybody decided to go on the video there, Ken. So it was wonderful to reconnect after all those years with some of those people. And um, I'll tell you this much: there was a a lot of stories, um, a lot of stories that came out of that uh, that trip. And of course, you have to be very careful uh, not to name names. But um, you know, I brought a bunch of people down to to Abbey Leaks. Uh, to meet my family and they created all kinds of havoc down there um, there was one individual on the team who uh, came back to Canada and and a girl that he had uh, met uh, at some stage during the trip uh, gave him a little surprise visit uh, over here uh, she didn't tell him that she was coming over uh, so that happened as well um, I'll never forget we played one of the games in Dublin uh, Ken and uh, my sister was working at the hospice in Harold's Cross, and she had to go to work at uh, 5.30. So my dad drove her to Harold's Cross from the West County Hotel, which is where we were staying. And um, uh, we didn't see him till 2 o'clock uh, the next day. We were waiting in the lobby. And it's like, where, where is, where's dad? Well, as it happens, he, he was coming back from Harold's Cross, and uh, there was a fella hitching, and he uh, was working in the shipyards in Rings End. And um, what happened was your man, uh, 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 that dad decided to drop him off and said, will you come in for a drink to this place? Of course, in my dad goes for a drink and the place was hopping at uh, six o'clock in the morning. All the, the, uh, the fellas from the, the shipyards there in Rings End. Uh, so suffice it to say that by the time we saw him later on, uh, he, was in, he was in no shape for doing, any, for doing much for the rest of the day. But um, I had some great memories, and it was the last time that my, my dad uh, got to see me play a bit of Gaelic football. I had a grand-aunt there as well. Uh, her name was Peg, and uh, Peg came up to me after the game in Cork, and um, uh, I, I, was, I was marking one of, the, uh, one of the, the county players there from Cork and had a pretty decent game, and she came up to me, and she says, we're from a hurling town. I didn't even know you played Gaelic football. So there you go, meow me and Peg. Very good. I, uh, you know, listening to you, um, chat and reminisce there, certainly I would say if anybody has played any sport or any team sport and has traveled with a team, your stories would, would hit on, you know, the memories of, of trips gone by for you. And, and for anybody that's, uh, whether you're young or old, um, it, it certainly is a great thing to do with a bunch of friends is get away and, and have some sports because you have memories for life. And, and as you were chatting, I was thinking back on several different trips, be it golf or yeah, or soccer or rugby or whatever it was, trips, different ones that, uh, you know, you have these stories and friendships forever. And uh, that certainly came across, obviously, in, in, in your interview, you know, very well done, you know controlling the, the group there and getting the, the, the questions and answers in. It was, it was good. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, they're great memories to have and, and hold on to. Yeah. There's no question. And I feel bad uh, it, uh, when the, the zoom call expired there, uh, the lads were settling in for a lovely chat and, um, I, I hope they can uh, resurrect a call themselves and, uh, I'd love to participate in it myself. So if they're still listening, there's nothing stopping us from doing that. And having a bit of uh, having a bit of crack, I, I got a lovely text at the end of that interview from uh, a listener. Uh, he's down there living in St. Catharines now. That he was mentioned on the call, Kevin Daly, 
um, when Kevin's uh, dad was was Tom, and of course uh, they were rooming together, um, and uh, there was uh, in in one hotel, um, Kevin's dad had not made a reservation. And uh, there was no room for literally no room for him. So Kevin's dad slept in a hot in the in the bathtub. Uh, Kevin, of course, was nice and snuggled up in his own bed, but he put his dad into the into the the bathtub for uh, for mm. for his sleep. Oh yeah, um, but he sent a lovely note back to saying it was great to, to to hear the stories and the reference to his dad who has passed away now, obviously. But yeah, no, it was great, um, uh, like a great old time, I have to say. Couple of, so. A couple of things there. One, your your story there of Admiral Leakes, which obviously wasn't on the call, but you've just told there now about the fella getting the visit from from the girl uh, over to Toronto kind of reminded me of Christy Moore's jockster song there when the German lass arrives in Dublin. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And the uh, the only other thing I wanted to know maybe from Sean Hart is, did he take a lot of shtick for giving up two penalties called two penalty calls? He did, yeah. He would have got a bit of stick now. And uh, I think what we didn't mention is that um, our, our fullback there, our glorious rascal fullback, might have been uh, might might have been culpable in a couple of them as well. You know. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't surprise me now. Yeah, we wouldn't have been highlighting that in the interview. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's very good. Good All stuff. Right. Good stuff. Yeah. So we've got uh, Diane Flanagan joining us here in a little bit. So. Maybe you should, uh, you're doing a great job linking all these tunes to your, your trip and everything else. So um, maybe fire ahead with a, with a couple of tracks and hopefully Diane will join us on the line. Well, no better uh, song to, uh, to to play. We had Jer on there from Limerick and um, I like Joe Dolan and Joe Dolan sings Limerick, You're a Lady. Lordy. I know. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to have to go and make another cup of tea. <laughs> uh, hang in, this is a good one. This is a good one. Anyway, we'll, we'll go off here with a couple of tunes while we wait for Dan to, to dial in, Kenny. And uh, yeah, this is uh, Joe Dolan. Let's give it a go here and see what happens. Love 
The Quinn family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and PJ O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562. All right, there you go, um, PJ O'Brien's. Irish Embassy, Quinn Steakhouse. That's the crack anyway. Are they all open yet, Kenny? Not yet, no. We'll have word from Pat maybe this week as to when we can get a, an opening date or uh, maybe even Joe Reynolds. He's been popular on the text here this morning. He could maybe tell me now Aye. what the Embassy story is if, he's, uh, think if he, he so chooses, you know. Think but, he need, uh, hopefully it'll be soon enough. I think he needs batteries for the I think he needs batteries for the hearing aids, does he? Maybe that's his problem. I would say that's so, technology yeah. he, today. He forgot those this morning, for sure. <laughs> All right. Have we a special guest on? Yeah, we do indeed. Well, hey. We're uh, very pleased to be joined by Diane Flanagan this morning. A very good morning to you, Diane. How are you doing? Morning. How are you? I'm good. You've, you've got a big program coming up, but you're coming off a busy week. Thursday, the 10th of September, was World Suicide Prevention Day. So I know you were busy this past week. How did How did things go for you there? Yeah, it was it was good. There was a lot of discussion online. There was um, a lot of interaction online as well. Well, I suppose we're all getting used to everything being online now. But um, you know, it was good. I I kind of noticed that the discussion was more active, uh, especially on Twitter. There was a lot going on on Twitter, so it's good. It's good to be able to grow it out and make it part of everyone's conversation. I suppose with all the, you know, there's a lot of organizations getting involved and, and the whole mental health side as well. Um, you know, I, I, I guess it's making it maybe a little bit easier for people to come out and, and talk about it, Diane. Definitely. Yeah, it definitely is. Especially now, you know, it's people are really struggling now. Um, COVID is, 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 is really affecting people. And the more we say ourselves, you know, that this was a bad day and, you know, we hope tomorrow would be good. I mean, those small things help enormously. Um, just to say, you know, today was really rubbish. Um, that helps people who think that they're the only ones having the rubbish days. Because we are all having them. And we were all, um, especially when we were completely locked down, we all had those days where we were just looking around the walls going, what is going on? Um, so it's really important to to speak like that and to tell the truth, really. Right, um, right. Do you get off you the know, Instagram mentality? I suppose is the thing. <laughs> you know, everything is not perfect. <laughs> everything is, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, no, everything certainly isn't. And you know, obviously, the the, the COVID has has hit people, you know, very very hard. Whether it be uh, work or or social side of things, so. And then, you know, with, with all the deaths that we've seen, but, you know, what do you think in terms of the future and the, and the fallout from COVID will be just on, on mental health? Yeah, um, speaking to people in the field, it, it looks like we're going to be very busy. Um, mental health is going to be very busy. Um, people are going to hopefully reach out 
a lot more and people are going to struggle a lot more because as you said like work is, is is really affected some people are not going to get back to work and um, we hope by the looks of things in Canada that it it will be a smaller amount than we originally thought um, so people are going to struggle and it is going to be a time when mental health um, professionals are going to be very busy um, so we're hoping to keep going with Solace House and get those doors open for when people really need us the most um, because we think that's going to be like next year all of next year is going to be a very busy year um, but what I should say is yes people are going to struggle yes people are going to need help but we in Solace House know that suicide is preventable we, we have the facts to back that up we have the um, we have five years in the US with the Solace House program and they haven't had a single death in, in five years. So that's a huge advocate for their, their system, their method. Um, and we really want to bring that to Canada because that's, that's a phenomenal record that everyone that came to them has moved on and gone back to their lives and gone on with their lives. That is, a, that is an amazing stat. That's, yeah. that's quite incredible. So, yeah, the more work that you're obviously doing and um, hopefully will help uh, those here in Canada. And, and I don't think we've had you on since you became uh, a charitable organization. So uh, congratulations to you on, on that. You've, I, we know you've worked very, very hard on it and uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be get that rubber stamp and um, the next phase, as we say. So, yeah, it's great. It's great. So, so maybe talk us through what is the next phase now for you, Diane, and, and then we'll get into your uh, to your big event coming up. So the next phase is raising the big money, <laughs> which in the time of COVID is not the easiest because as people know, we lost our Sunrise Walk, um, which is our biggest event of the year. And you know what? It's not even the amount of money that people raise. That people are phenomenal. They, they come and they do the, their walk. They go off and they get sponsorship and they get... You know, they, they get the water sponsor for the morning for everybody. They're phenomenal. It's an amazing event. And you can see on that morning how important it is. And it's not just a walk for people. So we've lost that community part, which is incredibly important to us. And we've lost the fundraising of that, which is, is the biggest fundraising part of our year. So we've been trying to um, reach out to people to make sure that people know we're still here that things are moving along, that we, we haven't gone away, that, you know, that things are still happening, even though we, we're not that visible because of COVID has put a, a full stop on us for the moment. Um, so we, we're trying to get build our board. So we have, we have all the legal stuff to do now, build the board, write policies and procedures, all that lovely stuff has to be done, which is happening now. Um, and we need to get our supporters and our sponsors in place that are the people who have come to us over the years um, and said, you know what, I'd love to be involved, but, you know, the, the magic tax receipt needs to be in place. Well, the good news is that it's in place. So if all those lovely people could come back to us again, that'd be great. Um, so we have to do that. And then we are put um, a new fundraising uh, event onto our calendar which is the one coming up in October so we're hoping that this is going to be the first of many um, and it's a team event so it's the 4th of October the Go the Distance Challenge for teens um, so it's teams that are established like um, hurling and camogie and rugby and football 
and its teams that are work workplaces, offices, or in its teams for let's get 10 of us together and let's just go for it. Um, so we're just challenging you to put your team together and come and do it. So it's a 12 hour challenge from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And you have challenged to do as many kilometers as you possibly can. So and we've taken average of your team then. And then during the week, we got the amazing news from O'Neill Sportswear that they're going to sponsor a set of jerseys for the winning team, which was amazing. So they're going to give, if it's an established team like a hurling or a football, they're going to give you a set, a strip for your team. Super. And if it's your office um, team or book club or whatever it is, they're going to give you some leisure wear for you, for everybody. So well, that's fantastic. Well yeah. done. Well done. And Diane, how are yeah. you, um, are, are you using some kind of technology to kind of connect everybody uh, or did I miss that part? So we're going to ask everyone to download, download Strava and yeah. there is, each team needs a team captain. Yeah. That team captain, then we will link in with someone from our Salas House team and Perfect. they will contact you at eight o'clock that night to say, right, give me your numbers. Yeah. And we collate all those numbers to see who the winning team is. Um, as I said, it's an average. So if you have 15, great. If you have 10, great. If you have eight, great. I mean, you could have four marathon runners on your team and still be the winner. So if the amount of people on your team is not the important. It's how many kilometers you can clock in that 12 hours. Kenny, uh, you and I could cover some ground maybe that day and play like 105 holes of golf or something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that, all right, yeah. Mark, yeah. The average, now, you'd, you'd have to keep up with me, but, yeah, it's an average. Yeah, it sounds like a challenge, um, <laughs> and um, we should rise to that, Mark, for sure. Right. Um, and, Diane, uh, where do people go to uh, to register for uh, the team captains? Well, the easiest place to register is on our website, um, solidhousecanada.ca. Um, go to there, go to go the distance on the thing, and it will bring you to our Canada Helps where it's all um, set up there for you. Um, and it's $50 to register a team, but it's um, early bird at the moment, so it's only 35 until the 25th of September. It is free to register as a team member, but we will hope that you will be getting sponsors or donations or help us in that way. Um, so that's how you register. But we do like to have everybody register so we knew when it comes to counting the kilometers that it's it's an easy job for us because we love everybody's name and what team they're with and all that kind of thing and so if you're uh if you're a team member on this do you do you set up your own fundraising page is that how yeah it so if you go to canada helps they uh, on our from our website they they'll set up all that canada helps is an amazing organization so they'll you just put in your details they'll set it up and you they'll give you a link that you can send your friends and families for your page, for your own personal page. Brilliant, brilliant. Awesome. That's uh, that's great. I, I really um, admire you, Diane, for for your your creativeness on on the various things that you've been doing. It's it's not easy to raise money at the best of times, but uh, through this, you know, your race night and and the go the distance here as well. Um, uh, obviously, a huge challenge when you lose your your big event, the walk, but. Yeah. Uh, Certainly, we wish you the best in this, and we'll do our best to uh, to push this out for you as well. Brilliant! And I think it's, well, a, it's a great challenge. Not, it's a big challenge. I should say that this wasn't our idea. This was uh, Brian Carney and David Hart's idea in back in May, um, and they ran a small one with just two teams, um, and they the excitement that was generated in our our um, committee watching the club, 
people clapping their kilometers and they thought this this is good this is like watching you know a big sporting event where people are clocking their kilometers and posting it and yeah it's great it's great fun in the day even for people who are not doing it watching them clock them up yes exactly each other um i i heard one story from that that event that um one girl came in after clocking all her kilometers threw herself on the couch and looked at her phone and saw somebody else in the opposite team had done five extra kilometers and she put her runners back on off she went again for another (laughs) 14 minutes brilliant oh i can see that uh, that'll be mark that'll be mark when i do him he'll have to put the runners back on and uh or maybe the golf shoes and no getting in the cart either, Mark. It doesn't count, you know. The no, no, no mobile, no help. Oh, no yeah, bicycles the, either. That doesn't count. Either. I think the Strava, the, the Strava will catch me out there. It'll be all right. Very good. <laughs> That's brilliant. So a reminder again, it's the 4th of October um, and the, the early bird sign up on uh, your site, of course, Solace House Canada, is uh, before the 25th of September. Yeah. The 25th of September, yeah. So which is uh, which is only around the corner when you think about it. I can't believe I we're at the 12th of September already. You kind of think, oh, yeah, that's you got a bit of time, but you don't. So you get don't. in early, folks. That's because we're all still on March the 481st, aren't we? We're all still there. <laughs> very true, very true. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. All right, and you've uh, I see a lot of posts there now from from you on on the old Instagram and stuff like that. You, you've been a, you had a busy summer with the kids. We did, we did, yeah. They, you survived, you're surviving. Back at school. Back at school on Monday, yeah. So fingers, toes, and everything crossed, and lots of uh, Tylenol at ready. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> well, good good luck with that, and and certainly good luck with uh, with this event, Diane. And and thanks a million for joining us this morning. We know you're very busy at this. Thanks for having me. You're great. And thanks for your support. And you never mentioned what this half the prize. Oh well, that's you. Go ahead. You 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 let them know. <laughs> well, I, okay. <laughs> so as well as your the winning team, as well as your jerseys from O'Neill's, you're also going to be presenting this show. So Mark and Ken are going to um, invite invite that team to co-host this show. So that would be great fun. <laughs> that'll be that'll be some Zoom call. If there's twenty five on the team, you. huh? I'm telling you, that's going to be a busy, busy morning for you. But we, it's so appreciated. Thank you so uh, much for your support. Hopefully. No problem. We'd be we're happy to do it, and uh, certainly, you know, we can we can organize with the whatever team captain wins if they want to invite you know one or two of their team on, and they can get to pick the tunes, and we'll put it all together, and uh, they can tell some stories and all of that. Brilliant, brilliant, super, very good. Diane, well done. We're happy to help out in any way we can. And uh, congrats on everything and good luck with this. Thanks a million. Talk soon. All right. Great to you. All the best. Bye. Bye-bye. I'll go on with a bit of music here. Ken, here's Drops of Green and you couldn't have come at a better time. Where is this place we've come to? I don't know what to say We long to see each other now And we're frightened of that day You met me in a barren place You walked me to the hill We were so good for each other now I think we could be still 
You couldn't come at a better time. You couldn't come at a better time. You couldn't come at a better time. Not if you try. Oh no, not if you try. Oh no. We had 500 questions between you and me. When you look into my eyes, my love. Tell me what can you see? Is there something you're unsure of? Is there something to find? Or is it just another case of the right place at the wrong time? You couldn't have a better time. You couldn't have a better time. You couldn't have a better time. Since we were Try a Guinness Hop House 13. 100% Irish grown malted barley meets our famous Guinness yeast for a medium bodied taste and a lingering finish. All the way from the legendary St. James Gate Brewery in Dublin. Find it straight from the keg at select pubs or in 500ml cans Canada wide. Just look for the white can. Guinness Hop House 13. More hops. More taste, more character.
How about that, Kenny? Little oh, bit fantastic, jumps. Mark. A couple of great tracks there. That's uh, your that's your kind of material right there, buddy, isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that was yeah. Um, that was a Gaelic Storm right there and The Road to Liskard. And uh, before that, we had uh, Lunasa uh, with the Fruit Market Reels. So there you go. There's about uh, eight minutes of, um, of diddly-doo stuff for you, pal. Uh, but that's super material there. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah. The Heels. You know, Lunasa are a great, great band altogether. Can't yep. get enough of them. Yeah, they're great. Brilliant. Well done. Well done. Put those in. And I meant to say to you too, um, there was a great uh, C.T. Wilkinson song there that you played earlier. Um, I, I don't know if you announced it, but boy, what a great rendition of, uh, of that song that, mm. uh, that he sang there. Fantastic. Yeah. The House of the Rising Sun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've heard that one before and um, really enjoyed that. Good. Good man yourself. I'm glad I can provide you a little bit of entertainment on this uh, nice Saturday morning. Um, oh, well, there's no doubt you've been doing great, except that one hiccup there where that fella Joe came on. But um, <laughs> everything was going good until then. <laughs> oh yes, very good, very good. Well, and thanks to Diane Flanagan. Doesn't she do? Doesn't she do just brilliant work here, Kenny? It's just incredible. It is amazing. Yeah, really. Since she moved out here, now just stepped up to the plate and. Has uh, participated in in many a committee and and getting this all going. Not an easy task at all. No, no, not not easy so, at all. Uh, fair play to Diane and, and all those who've come and, and continue to continue to, to carry the, the the you know the torch, as they say, and uh, getting involved in, in the community and and keeping uh, everything going. Whether it's uh, doing the charitable stuff or or our culture, uh, the Irish culture, because sometimes that can get lost just because of. Um, you know, we kind of met, you know, melt in here, but um, we'd be big believers in keeping the culture going. So those involved in the GEA and stuff like that, it's uh, it's brilliant. And, and, and Irish dancing and the music scene, it's uh, it's really important, you know, to keep yeah. that uh, culture alive. I agree. I agree. Super. Um, a little update. Uh, the second Premier League uh, game is in the bag. Uh, that was... Uh, Crystal Palace and Southampton. So there's a few uh, Irish lads involved in both those teams, and uh, but uh, Crystal Palace came out one nil on top. Oh. The game that was happening down in Cork today, Cork City and Shamrock Rovers is a full time in on that as well, and Shamrock Rovers have beaten Cork three nil. So um, my uh, my Sligo lads took the bus up to Dublin uh, today now, and they're uh, about to kick off with St Patrick's Athletic. Uh, in another minute or so. Oh, very we'll good. See what happens there. And uh, there was a big hurling game in Kilkenny uh, went on this morning. There, uh, Dixborough uh, two sixteen or Lachlan Gales fourteen points. So um, uh, what's that? A two an eight point win for Dixborough. So they're now in their first county final since twenty seventeen. Um, um, that's in the uh, Kilkenny uh, hurling championship semi final. And um, what else is going on? I did see an announcement there as well, Ken, about the GAA have confirmed that uh, we will be proceeding with the 2020 All-Ireland Championships. Uh, they had a call today, an extraordinary meeting. It wasn't an extraordinary meeting, but it was a planned call to to uh, confirm that the plans are, are, are good to go. And uh, yeah, so they're going to be playing a senior under 20 and minor uh, hurling and football championship. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's a great bit of news. They're going ahead according to plan. I'm sure that um, I'm sure that it'll be all under the uh, 
the control of the um, yeah of uh, the safety of the players and safety of the public and, and conforming with guidelines of course for uh, for COVID nineteen. So we'll keep an eye out on that. And I saw this morning too uh, news out aloud that they've been given planning permission to put a, an expansion in the yeah. stand. So good for the lads in loud. Maybe Brilliant. put a bit of a roof over it to keep the the rain out. You know. And at, at the same time that Liverpool kick off their season, um, uh, Jeremy Milan was on earlier. His club, Napiershig, are taking on Patrick's Well. That's at 5.30 in the, in the Limerick uh, County Hurling semi-final as well. So there's some belters on all around the place. And then you talked about it earlier, the Pro 14 final being on as well, which should be a, a cracker of a game. And it does sound like Ulster are making a few tweaks to see if they can quote-unquote manage that, uh, that Leinster uh, powerhouse there. So... Should be very interesting. Yeah, um, it should be indeed. Should be a, a cracking game. I, you know, we've we've built up these games before, like the the Leinster Munster uh, semi final, and then it became a bit of a dud. But um, let's just hope that there there'll be a great game here, uh, fully entertained, and and we look forward to that. And I do want to give a bit of news. Um, good news, first of all, is that Joe found the hearing aids and put them in, uh, and he's listening away. And uh, handsome Joe Reynolds has informed us reliably that um, PJs will open at the end of September and the embassy will open in the middle of October. So thanks, Joe, for that. Ooh. And uh, another Joe that I wanted to give a shout out to. I haven't chatted to him in a long while. And the old uh, the Monday night club, uh, whether it be the first Monday or second Monday, it can change uh, for be at time to time. But uh, Joe Mulcahy sent us a nice note during the week. He's enjoying the program. So uh, hello to you, Joe, out there and um, and all our other listeners. Joe must be thrilled with all the Limerick stuff I played today. Sure, he has to be. He has to be fierce maybe, happy, given maybe, yeah. Limerick Definitely, hurling updates yeah. and Limerick people on the show. Sure, he must be. Well, he might be getting a bit jealous. We might have to get him on now as well. It's almost like you've, you know, you teed it up for him, you know? <laughs> a little bit. All right, we'll keep her going with a bit of music. We got uh, another what twenty five minutes of this stuff to go. Uh, I've got some. Uh, oh, I've got some fierce stuff. Hey, you know the way. Um, you know the way. The boys of summer was that song. The boys of summer was always about the baseball coming back, right? And yes. um, I'm going to play. It was filled in its birthday, I think, in the last couple of weeks. Was it Ken? He was like seven. He would have been seventy or seventy one, I think. Yeah, a few weeks ago there. Yeah. 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 Well. Um, you know, great Tin Lizzy song, The Boys Are Back in Town. I thought it'd be an appropriate song to play here with the Premiership back kicking off. And uh, the, the poor women in our lives, of course, um, you know, unfortunately, they, they, you know, they, we have to go darken them, you know, for an hour and a half, either on a Saturday or a Sunday or a Monday. Uh, unfortunately, they they're, not, they're not happy, though. Unless they enjoy it. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless they enjoy it. a woman that enjoys it, so I'm all right. <laughs> Uh, my um, wife is off buying brogies today. I don't know if you see pictures of the uh, like the hordes of brogies that are available for sale over where she is right now. I just saw a picture there. It's uh, outstanding. Yeah, there really. you go. I'm you... hoping she buys the entire load of them there. <laughs> you think now, you know, given our relationship, that we wouldn't even have to buy them. But anyway, uh, it is what it is. You know, you have to make a living, I suppose, Ken. Right. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> All right. And of course, uh, hey, yeah. how disappointed were you last night? Ah, by the way? ah it was terrible. I didn't, even get a, I didn't even get a text back from you 
we uh, we were texting kind of before the game and then uh, after it, and um, I think the whole city's heart sank last night. The, the Toronto Raptors uh, lose out to to Boston again. The lads with the shamrocks on their on their yeah. jerseys and the mall and their green and everything. And I, I was watching it with some friends, um, socially distancing, of course, but uh, um, they were all like, "Well, are you cheering? Are you cheering for Boston or for Toronto?" You know, because of course they're seeing all the shamrocks <laughs> and them shirts, but yeah. uh, obviously yeah. cheering for the Raptors and just so. Oh, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Just wait, you called it a way too many turnovers. Yeah, unfortunately, I was hoping that uh, Siakam would, um, you know, would, would, would have the game of his life. Um, unfortunately, he went the other way and he, he just gave away too many things. So he, uh, yeah, he got a bit to answer for, unfortunately, for that little bit of a letdown. But, um, you know, despite all the turnovers, they still came so close to winning that game. But I have to say that on the on the balance of things that... Um, they, uh, they they probably didn't deserve to to win that series. Uh, Boston just seemed like they were a little bit more consistent. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's it. Uh, professional sports in the town gone for a little while. Uh, there's a little bit of TFC stuff going on, but not a whole lot, I don't think. No, no. But you look at those turnovers. Boston scored 31 points from those uh, turnovers. Yeah. So even if you cut that in half, yeah. The Raptors. Uh, oh yeah. Raptors win that game. Home and drive. Really. Really poor. Um, yeah, so we will be a little bit uh, quiet in terms of Toronto team sports for a wee while, but hopefully it will all get picked up. I believe the NBA doesn't start up again until uh, December. Correct. So yeah, it's taken a long break. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Lowry will be glad of that break. He will. He will. Yeah. He will. And they've got a couple of lads now that they got to try to lock into contracts too, so it'll be an interesting off season. So. And then there's all this talk of Giannis. Maybe coming to town. Yeah, so. yeah, we have a shot. We have a shot, I'd say. Yeah. Okay, bud. Uh, back to uh, the boys are back in town here. Bit of thin Lizzie. Let's give it a go here. Face. 
Man, we just fell about the place If that chick don't wanna know, forget her Follow me up to Carlow. 
sag or two for more Flows a stream of Saxon gore and great as Rory Ogomore And sending runes to Hades, point is sick and grey has fled Out for Black Fitzwilliam's head, we send it over dripping red To Liza and her ladies, curse and swear, Lord Kildare Freak will do what Freak will dare, now Fitzwilliam have a care Fallen is your star low, up with halberd, out with sword And we'll go for by the Lord has given his word, follow me up to Carlow. Curse and swear, Lord Kildare, Fig will do what Fig will dare. Now Fitzwilliam, have a care, fallen is your Starlow. Up with Harvard, out with sword, and we'll go for by the Lord. Fig McHugh has given his word, follow me up to Carlow. Now, there you go, a little belt of Paddy Riley. What would an, an Irish uh, broadcast be without a little bit of Paddy Riley and follow me up to Carlow there? A great indeed, old tune. Indeed. Great old tune. Yeah, bring uh, back memories for uh, our fellow man there, Aye. Mr. Donnelly. It should, anyway. I wonder, I wonder if he's taught the kids all the words to that song yet. Oh, I'd like to think he has. I'd like to think he has, that that would be their party piece. So um, I'm sure he's probably not even listening. Or we're tired telling them to tune in, but she's off. He's off carting them all over the place. He is indeed, yeah. Yeah. Igmarkyot. exactly. Igmarkyot. Yeah. Speaking of Igmarkyot, uh, the Queen's play it's on today, Kenny. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I don't know if I didn't know if you're aware of that or not, but there's all kinds of wonderful um there's all kinds of uh, wonderful online capabilities here now. Um but, well, the pageantry um, though will be gone with us. Yeah. Hat day or anything like that, no? No, but I think what's happening is that people are trying to do their own little Queen's Plate events uh, in their back garden, pulling up big screens, and you can do online betting uh, this year for it. Uh, they've created, a, I guess, an environment where you can you can do that and have a little bit of crack. So, um, yeah, so the, the, the Queen's Plate. Who won that last year, Kenny? It was like Bad Boy or something like that, or My Bad Boy. Do you remember the yeah. name of the horse that won last year's... Uh, Queen's Plate. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't uh, follow that now um, too closely, but um, I'd say you and Lorraine now you'd be getting all fancied up in your hats and and uh, the dresses and 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 I don't mean you'd be wearing one. Although it wouldn't surprise me if you did, but uh, you'd have your little bowler hat and everything else. No, I, I, no, I would, I would normally. Uh, one bad boy. Sorry, was the name of the horse that won last year. One bad boy, but um. I, uh, I've always wanted to go to down to uh, the Kentucky Derby, Kenny. That's on the bucket list for me. Uh, maybe less so now that all this stuff has happened, but uh, it's always been an event I've been intrigued by. It seemed like it was a big a big party for a, a couple of weeks down or a couple of days down down in um, down in uh, the, in Kentucky there, um, down in Louisville. That's it. And uh, I've been to Louisville several times, and it's a very interesting town. It's a very nice town. It's actually quite a quite a culinary center i don't know if you know that or not that louisville is very well known for for its food and uh, some wonderful hotels down there so i've no doubt that uh they put on a great show down there um down there um in louisville for the kentucky derby so maybe you'd join well, me for that one would you i would indeed yeah i wouldn't mind going to see the kentucky derby i um i did i spent some time in louisville at the uh, Ryder cup Mark, that uh, you unfortunately had to head back home, then, but uh, got out to uh, downtown Louisville uh, and and experienced the uh, the evening uh, nightlife down there. Yeah, 
I won't be telling any of them stories on the program. But uh, <laughs> needless to say, the crack was mighty. Super. And, uh, it's a great place, yeah, definitely. It'll be a while, though, before I think I'll go to uh, America until this is all sorted out. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one to go. And uh, it was a great story uh, at the Kentucky Derby there. It was, uh, it was years ago when this um, conglomerate got together and bought a horse, and he was an outsider. And yep. uh, he, he ended up winning. Uh, I think he won two of the three big races. But um, when they, the, the group were going to the race, they, uh, they were calling around looking for you know, a bus to take them. And the, uh, the, the big fancy buses were too expensive, so they ended up taking a school bus to it. And uh, they kept, they've kept that tradition going. Uh, over the years where, they, uh, where they've done quite well for themselves, but they still take the school bus to, uh, to the big races. So that's a pretty, uh, pretty neat little story. Brilliant. Love it. <clears throat> All right, pal. Well, listen, we're down to uh, 12.17 here. Um, I, I suppose what I can do is I can belt out with a couple of tunes here before I sign off, but I think, um, I think you're good. I can probably take it here to the end. You probably want to get a little... A little cider and some ice, uh, or maybe even a cup of tea or something like that, and uh, just find the right seat in the house to watch uh, Liverpool and Leeds here in about uh, in about ten minutes. Are you excited? Nervous? Very, no? very excited. Looking forward to the game, and uh, yeah, I, I think I'll put the feet up and uh, have a good watch of that and, and cheer my uh, my lads on. Uh, so. To all them Liverpool fans out there, hopefully they're all doing the same thing now once you uh, wrap up this programme here with a, with a few good tracks. And, uh, yeah, mighty job on the music and great to hear them stories from Coal Island and, and Toronto. And I remember being at those games, by the way, at the uh, what was the Skydome, I suppose, back then. And I may have told you this story before, but uh, on the row over from me was Wendell Clark. Oh. Uh, of course, at the time, uh, a great Maple Leaf and, uh, and I remember reading the quote in, in the paper the following day, and uh, he just couldn't get over the game of Hurling. Um, he, he just thought these guys were, were beasts all together, and him <laughs> being a tough Maple Leaf guy. So, so there you go. He enjoyed it. And, uh, and of course, all those days, too, with the, the, the lads from, I, I don't remember which uh, Hurler did it, but uh, there was that challenge with Kelly Gruber of the Blue Jays. Yeah. And then uh, them hitting the baseball bat and and the hurl. So uh, yeah, needless needless to say that the the hurler, whoever he was at the time, beat uh, Gruber with both. By the way, so. <laughs> yeah. Now there were some great stories around that time, and uh, I posted out on social media a, a seven minute clip. Uh, it, uh, it was a community a kind of a an, an interaction between Jer Canning, who did the commentary, and uh, the TSN fellas, and. Uh, it's just so funny to hear North American commentators just talk about uh, hurling, right? Not not just the accent, but just how they how they just refer to the game, right? It's uh, it's so funny. But Jerry Canning does a very good job of of uh, not 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 laughing at how your man describes the game. So it's very good. Well, we have to do a better job at trying getting hurling on on TSN. You know, enough of this. Uh, you know, the poker days and all of this stuff. We've got to get a real sport like that uh, on. We've got to do a better job at lobbying them for that. All right, and uh, you know, there is some interesting story that um, that uh, Nicky English was supposed to do that puck challenge, and I think in, instead the the Cork hurling goalkeeper might have stepped up to the challenge. I don't remember. 
And um, but anyway, Jared Cunningham, I think, was his name. But uh, Nicky English was supposed to do it, but um, apparently he was asking for a few bob. He must have been short of a few bob. Uh, and uh, can you imagine that? Um, mm-hmm. I guess our, our amateur sportsmen and looking for a few bob for that. Isn't that dreadful? That is. That is indeed. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure he regrets that. I bet. I bet. All right. Well, listen, uh, you go on there, get your um, get your ice ready, uh, get your game. Uh, hopefully your lads have the hunger. They haven't lost the hunger to win another championship. And um, we'll see how you, you get on. And I'll catch up with you hopefully later on today. Um, Very good. Yeah. And we All had right, um, we had Sean Keane on a little while ago. I have Dolores Keane, Kenny, so you can sign off there. Brilliant stuff. All right. Well, Montana was in law. The Mary Liv August Lowry May Liv.
folks don't see all this story I know that peace and love's just popping out I guess those young boys just dying in the ditches Is just what being free is all about This twisted wreckage down on Main Street Will bring us all together
folks, that was, uh, of course, the um, the Saw Doctors and Red Cortina. And um, listen, folks, I'm going to sign off here, but I do want to uh, once again uh, say a big thank you to our guests today, uh, Diane Flanagan and all of the wonderful work she does with, on Solace House. Uh, so get behind that initiative in October. Um, get out, get active that day. Some wonderful prizes, uh, including an opportunity to uh, host uh, this uh, wonderful show. But the O'Neill's prize uh, sounds fantastic. So hopefully uh, we get, uh, they, get some, they get a great response to that. And of course, uh, 10.30 this morning earlier, I uh, was absolutely delighted. Uh, by the way, Brian Farmer has sent along his apologies. Uh, his cell coverage where he was was very weak and um, uh, he would have been more disruptive to the call. But a big, a big thank you to uh, Sean Hart, who, who actually prompted me to, um, to schedule this. Um, so uh, Sean's always thinking about um, shining a light on all of the right things. So um, this, this would probably have, uh, have not happened without him. So thank you, Sean. A big thank you to Billy Miller. Uh, great to connect with you again, Billy. Uh, let's stay in touch. Um, and then, of course, um, uh, Damien O'Hagan was kind enough to call in from Coal Island. Uh, big thank you to him. And Jermaland, who called in, of course, from um, from Limerick. So a big thank you to all of those uh, for their participation. And, um, yeah, it was great to, great to reminisce. Um, I'm going to go out here with another song uh, connected to that uh, um, uh, reminisce, if you will. And that is that um, when I brought a bunch of people to Abbey Leaks uh, to visit my family, uh, Kevin Daly, I brought uh, brought with me. Uh, Kevin's listening to the show, and uh, my dad sang uh, a great rendition of "My Way." And Joe Dolan sings it as well. I'm going to go out with "My Way," um, but um, when my dad started singing that song, uh, Kevin was so proud because Kevin comes from Ottawa, and that song is written by someone from Ottawa. So here he is in a rural town in Ireland, and my dad starts to sing a song uh, that he really liked. Uh, he's very proud of the fact that Paul Anka was from his hometown of um, of Ottawa. So this one is for you, Kevin. It was great to connect with you yesterday, albeit not by voice, um, and hope things are safe with you and your family. And so what we'll do is here uh, go out with um, with my way, and this time it's uh, sung by the one and only uh, Joe Dolan. All right, folks, we'll be back again next week. And thanks for joining me. And uh, we'll, um, hope, um, we'll connect with everybody uh, 10 o'clock next Saturday. Sloan. I planned each chartered course 
careful step along the byway and more, much more than this. I did it my way. Once there were times I'm sure you knew when I bit off more than I could chew. If not himself, 